0: My mom sent us, me a quote uh, from this. He's a Twitter guy. His name is Aldous Huxtable, and he wrote this. And I actually think this is a very fitting way to understand the, the ruling class in our country, in Russia, in China, all of them. And it's, he says, I don't know how any student of Western history cannot look at the endless wars going back centuries and not see that leaders are not flawed individuals running reckless campaigns but are crafty-minded psychos intent on keeping the garden of humanity at a specific state of growth. He says, I am a prof- professional gardener. That's what I do every day. There are plants allowed and there are plants that get killed. The ladybugs do not fear me, but cucumber beetle- beetles die. Aphids die. Any moth or caterpillar dead, sprayed with a bacteria that interrupts their digestive enzymes and they die. And If it's in my garden and I do not want it there, it's going to die. That goes from mice, moles, voles, and rattlesnakes too. dead, trapped, shot, cats released, whatever it takes, that's my garden, those are my plants, there is no negotiating. Once people understand that, that we are viewed, the populace in general, as I view my garden, or one may a herd, or an arborist a tree, anything biological that you must exert control over for your favorite outcome, the sooner history and the present makes sense.
1: Welcome to What's Left, the weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher and socialist, Andy Lipson, and writer and teacher, Jessica. We are online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our blog in the episode notes. Uh, and you can also find our personal social media handle as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZDKE on Instagram for Kenny Cepeda. And just a Twitter handle as at jhomie89. Uh, please subscribe, rate review. <clears throat> turn on your notifications and share your favorite episode wherever
0: you found this episode. Thank you. All right. Oh, and by the way, we suspect Kenny will be coming back in an upcoming episode. So yes. stay tuned, folks. He's going to be giving us an update in the next two to three weeks. Yeah.
1: Uh, Andy, you yeah. uh, you decided not to do what we plan to do this yes. uh, this week. Why don't you share with us what you had in mind?
0: Well, I would like to think of that the process was more that I consulted you both as opposed to what I decided. <laughs> 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 um, but it is true that we had a we had a whole plan of episodes and particularly to go that take a journey into the, the both of both Jessica and Eduardo would describe themselves as anarchists of sorts and we want to kind of take a look into that, how, where they came from, how they get to that point of view. Um, but this is really what happened was a long time ago, February 4th, uh, a chemical explosion took place in Palestine, Ohio. And I found out about it like a week and a half ago, you know, like, it, like a week later Then and when I saw those pictures of the, what looked like a mushroom cloud, Of chemicals, I was like, "What the hell?" And you know, I lived in Ohio for a while, and this isn't really near Cincinnati, which is where I lived. I was kind of raised. It's sort of between Cleveland and and Columbus, um, and maybe on the eastern border of of uh, Ohio, but along the Ohio River, (laughs) which is going to be important to this. And I was just like, "What is going on?" It wasn't covered, uh, and yet I'm. I was just starting to hear things about like a movie that got made that sort of predicted this and just more and more things I was hearing that said, I need to look more into what's really going on here. Because I, For me, actually, the question in mind is, is like, it's not this just this question of capitalism gone crazy and some company, Norfolk, trying to get super profits, which I think is completely true and a government giving them complete license to do what they want in order to create super profits and they can threaten our existence for that but there is also an element of actual conspiracy that seems to be bound into this that goes deeper than just an accident that is about profits. Um, And an accident about profits is bad enough and can produce this outcome, but I feel like there might be more than this. Um, And I I just wanted to explore that um, and talk with you all about what is going on here. Um, what What is going on is horrible and is dangerous and more dangerous Then even I think the independent media that's covering this is talking about. Um, But I I just like I guess I'll just say my conclusion after this is I'm following a war in Ukraine and Russia with that has explosions. But I am constantly reminded that the capitalist class is at war with the entire working class across the globe. And that's what I kind of feel here. Um, And like any war, the war has a fog of war where it's hard to tell what's really going on but you know you're under attack. And today I hope to explore what's the nature of this attack on us um, because this is definitely going to affect us.
2: Yeah, and we'll yeah. see, I mean, we'll see how much we can kind of uncover between the three of us and what we've looked at and what we've read. But I, I do want to say like, I feel similar to, to what I said when we did our, I think it was when we did our last Ukraine episode where like, it's really hard to know exactly what's, going on when you're not there, you know, and you're relying on, I mean, obviously the mainstream media is like not covering it. Not that we would trust them anyway, but yeah, I mean, there's a few independent journalists on the ground, whispers of things, you know, slowly coming out day by day, but it is really hard to know exactly what's going on. It doesn't seem good. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I, I think even, you know, it might take some Some time to really see, like how how bad the repercussions might be, and how far-reaching they
0: will be. And Eduardo, if you want me to, I know you need to say something too, but I can probably go over what I think are the basic facts as I know. I mean,
1: yeah, that is what I was just going to say. Either I was looking up something to just quickly give context. Maybe not everyone wants. I know people. um, Actively choose not to listen to the news uh, mm-hmm. and selectively listen to podcasts or, you know, certain channels like I, I have some people like that. So maybe if we just give yeah a brief overview of
0: what I was going to just read something off the bat. But go ahead and maybe what I'll do is I'll say as many facts as I can that I yeah. think are facts, if you will. And then you all yeah. can add to it and then we can get into the spec, really the speculation. Um, so as I understand it, this was a, a 50 car. 50 car load of a Norfolk train that had 50 cars on it carrying part of it carrying, um, some really dangerous chemicals, uh, 250,000 pounds of poly of, no vinyl chloride. Um, uh, was part of the things it was carrying as well as other chemicals as well. Um, at some point in Ohio, it derailed and like was derailed for like 20 or 30 minutes sparks coming off of it and things like that. And then, fine. Well, not to be real. Was the brakes were off? Where something was going on with the brakes in the in the, and the um and the rail because there were sparks coming off, and and no one saw it. And the reason, one of the reasons, no one saw it is, I think for a for a car for a train car that was supposedly over a mile and a half long, there were only a total of three workers on the entire car working on it, and one of them was the person driving it, another maintenance person, and a, and I think the third person was a trainee. So, and whatever sensors they had weren't weren't able to sense that there was something on fire underneath. And so eventually that created a derailment right outside of it, it got past Palestine, but then right outside of Palestine derailed and dumped 250,000. Uh, well, of basically 250,000 pounds of, two, of, of vinyl chloride became possible to be dumped into the environment. Now, um, the next thing that I know is they made the decision to do a normal process, which is essentially blow, like burn it, let it come out, but burn it up and com- make it combust. Like, and those people.
2: Be- right, yeah. And is. say it again. Controlled burn. A
0: controlled burn. And this is a normal process. This is like what they do. Like, it's not like, uh, this is what they're supposed to, they, they, they tried to. And the reason they do that is because vinyl chloride has a bo- a melting, a boiling point of about eight degrees which means it sh- it's normally as a gas, but they have to keep it in refrigerated cars to keep it liquid. And that meant you have something that's condensed into a liquid inside of these cars that is now getting, not no longer staying cool because it's derailed. And this now is a vinyl chloride bomb that can explode because the pressure can be building up. So what they do instead is they allow the stuff to leak out and then they burn it, uh, the stuff that's leaking out. So you don't, instead of getting a vinyl chloride bomb, you get a combustion of vinyl chloride cloud that they acknowledge is going they even say in their little thing, this is going to be very, um, uh, this is going to be very loud and very bright. And we, we see the pictures of it. Um, and they are saying that's the safer way of dealing with this. Um, I'm not sure about that, because I think there's some things that are gonna be produced, like dioxin, I think is a big product of what they've just blown up or by burning, uh, by burning vinyl chlorides, you can create dioxins. Um, so it gets into the seawater. It gets into the, um, I mean, to the, into the river water, it gets into the air, whatever they've just, um, let released. And I think one of the big stories was no one was covering this. Everyone was talking about the Chinese balloon, um, or the so-called Chinese balloons and the other balloons that were shot down. Um, and for the mainstream media, it was like, we don't want to cover this because the right wing is making all this stuff about it and things like that. And now Trump and Biden are having their little games now over this, going to Palestine versus uh, Ukraine or Kiev. Um, and the only other thing I guess I could say that our facts are, uh, you know, there wasn't like, oh, the, there was this is. The, the governor of Ohio has said, we want to declare this um a, a FEMA emergency area. And the government's like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Um, and so it's like, "What? Wh- wh- what's, what's going on here? Like, um, why is why this particular approach? And um, and I'll also say there, there's there is a background to this of the railroad strikes that went on and safety being a big issue for those workers and safety it was not just the in terms of the maintenance of the rail lines but having enough staffing to make these things safe so that's a backdrop to it and of course they the democrats and the republicans smashed that strike or didn't make it possible to to occur and you know the railroad the rail lines got their way uh, and this is what norfolk southern Norfolk Southern, you know, is one of them, um, and their
2: major shareholder being BlackRock,
0: right. And I'll, I guess, one last thing I'll just say, uh, it was one number I saw that I think is meaningful, which is Norfolk Southern has generates about twelve point seven billion dollars in revenue per year. Uh, that was in twenty in twenty twenty two. They made three billion in profits that year. Um and they're you know, they they offered to pay fifty million for this for this uh for this disaster they created. So I guess I'll start with those facts. There was a video
1: that I saw online.
3: Wow. Look at all
2: that. Look at it. It's all in the bottom of the creek bed. There are literally hundreds of dead fish, all coming from the one crick that's coming from the wreckage. Uh, that fish in this one is actually probably about a foot long, so it's not just the little ones. And then you see a bunch of little ones scattered around it. Little beaver runs into big beaver, runs through our state park, and there's dead fish everywhere. I can't even begin to imagine the trickle effect we're going to have on the wildlife
0: around here
1: where because people were told they could come back to they safe enough to come back to 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 be back and here you have small children and you have you know elderly folk mostly white you know town um folks are being told that they could come back that it's at a safe level of returning, and then I see a video online because I wanted to see the visuals. I I mean I I listen to podcasts and I'm in the kitchen. I'm doing stuff in the garden. or I'm going on the bus to pick up my nephew and and I listen to it, but I say I, I want to see it. And then I see people throwing it at some like. Uh, what do you? I, I I think it's a lake, or I don't know what you would determine. But anyway, it's some, some water um, area, and they throw in uh, uh, um, rocks to stir up the chemicals, and you can see the water just turning rainbowy, color at the top. It's it doesn't look like it at the surface, but all the chemicals have gone down, and then they rise up, and and then people are told this is safe. To come back to and you know when i asked you andy what was the angle what why did you feel this was important because there are other disasters that happen right we haven't covered uh, standing rock uh, we haven't covered other protests with other pipeline malfunctions uh, and you shared with me uh, something along the lines of like it's not covered because otherwise you know like the Indians that had this, some do you want to say say it before I say it. Andy, how did you say? It?
0: Oh well, I mean, when I mean basically, you know, the notion is that all these environmental attacks, they are rightly described as racist. Like they'll just do them. They'll put these in in North America. I mean South America. They'll put these in India. They'll put them in on reservations for Native Americans. And I just feel like one of the angles here just shows, like, they'll do it to white people, too. Like, they will destroy the lives of anyone who's who they consider, like, a worker and who is not part of their elite club. Um, and I also think it gives lie to the notion that our ruling class, like, all this stuff they do, they go to Paris Accords. They, they were at recently talking about carbon emissions and the environment you the the fact that they refuse to cover this environmental disaster whether it happens to white people or brown people or black people and i would say they don't care about who is destroyed by the environment um they are racist but they are also just a, are willing to do it to any worker um that it's just so they give no two, they don't give two shits about the environment and carbon dioxide whatever i mean i think it just exposes again this notion of them once they get control of this environmental stuff you're you're putting in the hands of people who just put a bomb in ohio and ignored it and this ohio bomb is extremely dangerous it's not just vinyl chlorides when you burn vinyl chlorides it does produce dioxin and dioxins are now going to be spread throughout the area and these and these things are carcinogenic like deeply carcinogenic they stay in the human body for a long time 90 percent of the way that humans get dioxins, um, are through are through food, whether it's vegetables and animals. And so this stuff's gonna go throughout, spread all over the, over the United States, find ways of getting back into the ground. Uh, and now I'm just talking about the stuff in the in the air because the dioxins are produced as a result of the combustion. I'm not talking about the vinyl chlorides and other chemicals that are in the water that are going down the Ohio River and all the way down to Louisiana and doing whatever damage they're doing to, to people along the way there. This this is just a catastrophe that is going to make that's going to sicken people's sicken people in so many different ways. And it's not even going to be acknowledged. Um, and one of the things that's like, well, the CDC, just a week before this disaster, lowered the level of uh, basically said that we are we are going to instead of 100 parts per million vinyl chloride being considered danger. We are now gonna say it has to be over a hundred thousand parts per million vinyl chloride. And that's like two weeks before this accident. Shit like that is like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? You know, that to me, and, and I have other things as well, that to me is like this is not just a capitalist accident. This is now a a this is now has an intent behind it. Um that it it starts to have that element. Um, what and do you I mean intent? Can... In what way do you think that well, there's an intent?
2: If I could just jump in for a second, right. like the derailment itself is obviously bad enough, right? Like that's, I mean, and I think people are talking about how there's, I've seen different figures, but like, you know, a thousand or whatever turn derailments every year, right? Like that's indicative of dangerous working conditions, right? Which the strikes tried to bring to to light. Um, but like the decision to like basically blow it up was a conscious decision. And then like you were talking about Eduardo, like the, you know, it's not, it's not just coming from like Biden or, you know, the local like Democrats, Republicans, whatever it like the EPA has actually said, no, the levels of toxicity in the air are safe. It's fine to go, to go home. Um, I mean, while you have like already you have footage of dead frogs, dead chickens, right? Like just crazy, crazy stuff. Like it just it doesn't yeah. And then and then yeah, the the change like you mentioned, Andy, with the level like you know, the tolerance or whatever, like they just they're arbitrary numbers, right? Like they can make them whatever they want. Um and even like the baselines for a lot of these things, um, like we were actually just looking at water, like toxicity levels in one of my classes the other day because we um, we had been looking at while well, we read Silent Spring, um, which I just feel like my my Silent Spring unit just won't end. We read it like a month ago, and we're still <laughs> stuff like this just keeps keeps happening. Um, but. Um, yeah, we were looking at like the government tolerances or some in some cases lack thereof for like all, all sorts of stuff, you know, hexavalent chromium and arsenic and all of that stuff um and we were comparing them to, you know, like um third party regulators or not regulators um but like testers like um Environmental Working Group, right, which probably has its pitfalls as well, but it, you know, um and it's just it's wild like even just the standards are so incredibly the tolerances like they're they're so high um when we know we have hard evidence that a lot of this stuff and you know of course yeah the um vinyl chloride like being highly highly carcinogenic um and yeah I mean whatever maybe it's like a lefty issue to like care about the environment but you're talking about the farmlands in i don't know how big of a surrounding area you're talking about the water you're talking about you know yeah like white (laughs) working class communities um
0: yeah but the 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 fact that they intentionally convert it to a dioxin yeah well well they have to be intentional because they know this happens they know that vinyl chlorides when they are burned become dioxins or or part of it becomes a dioxin and dioxin is is actually more toxic than than vinyl chlorides even, um, and stays in the body longer, does more damage, does damage to reproduction, does damage to the immune system, does respiratory damage. It's been the basis for some of the some of the things that people were talking about, like in terms of polio and things like that. I think dioxins were mentioned as part of the, of causing things like that, um, neurological disorders. So that is you can That's not something to mess around with but clearly there was an intent behind it. Um, And so the fact that CDC is the same CDC that for a so-called COVID sickness that had no problem, like there was, there was nothing to it. There was no danger to it. And they did all sorts of crazy shit. And then when an actual danger, a real danger is released, what do they do? They lower, they raise the threshold for calling it a danger. Um, And then did people see that video? I want to show you this video from that was, that was from a local uh, um, local, local, news, news company um, in, or new, local news show in East Palestine. Let me take a look at this.
3: East Palestine is known as the place to be. It's way ahead of the curve on a program to provide better treatment for anyone in the event of an emergency. I learned how it works and how it could help everyone in East Palestine.
0: Sorry, this this came out in like January, all right? Like December or January.
3: My ID provides quick medical information for emergency responders. Darlene Chapman is the outreach coordinator for this project and she's an EMT. If they're
2: in a situation where they can't tell us or they don't have any family around, this is something that would make
0: my life easier.
3: My ID works by taking a camera phone and pointing it at a QR code. It provides valuable medical information such as allergies, breathing difficulties, or other conditions so you get proper treatment and care.
0: If anybody sees the QR
2: code, you this you'll be able to scan this and get the information. So it's it helps that person not necessarily just here, but anywhere in the nation.
3: There are a few options for my ID, a bracelet, key fob, necklace, or attachment on your watch band. You can choose the one which fits your lifestyle best. That's up to you. Orders will start in January. The fire department has already collected $5,000 in donations to help. That's our ultimate goal. We wanna be able to give this for free to the citizens. And provide them with that extra layer of care so that we can better treat them. The offer includes Unity Township which is served by the East Palestine Fire Department. These items cost around $20 each. You can even buy it for yourself. The fire department is hoping you'll be willing to wear it. My goal is to have 100 percent of our residents and the citizens we serve in the township uh, to have one of these and be working with them to make sure that we can treat them better and provide the best service that we can. There's a three year plan to get my ID going across the village and make it available to all 4,700 residents.
0: So I see something like that. And honestly, I start to think of like seals being tagged, like people who basically are, an experiment is almost being done on these people to tag them, create a disaster, and see where they go. And I think about it in relationship to. Uh what was this other thing that was came out? This woman wrote um da, 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 da,
2: da. weird combined with like the Netflix predictive programming thing, like the white noise thing.
0: Exactly. This person wrote a, a um I could show you, but they wrote Food for Thought. The laws governing Agenda 2030 land development allow governments to seize polluted land and move their residents into smart cities. Important to note if the land water around you is completely poisoned. You don't get to opt out of the smart city model coming down the pike, you know, like, and you know, fact check on that. Say, Oh no, 2030 is not trying to say that. Da, 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 da. But this is just like, what the fuck is going on here?
2: So you think it might be like the, almost like a little pilot for these like 15 minute smart cities that they want, like, you know, cause they can't do it to like San Francisco. Like you would,
0: yeah. you certainly would learn where people go after after disasters like this happen. And then you would also get to monitor what the health effects are of these things.
2: I wonder how, how what the uptake was. Because, I mean, that's so recent. I can't yeah. imagine that it's every resident.
0: But it's a very strange place to start. Yeah. And, you know, like, there have been other derailments since that. And there was, you know, like, one of them also was like, supposedly it had chemicals in it. I'm not sure if there was a spill there as a result of it. But it's just—it's very strange to me. Like, it goes beyond just like the normal, tragic and colossally corrupt accidents that happen in capitalism that kill workers. It's like this is more like a planned event, and people being treated like um, insects that are being studied.
2: Yeah, and it also like just on the topic of like intent and possible conspiracy, if we want to use the c-word um like journalists being arrested i don't know if you guys followed any of that like i mean there's a difference between the mainstream media just ignoring a crisis like this and then actually you know seeing not even just like independent journalists but like you know just civilians who are just trying to like go take a, you know, some footage of frogs in a river or whatever, like this super high, I don't know, like control, you know, Norfolk, Norfolk Southern, like hiring a third party. And then like, I read about the, like the national guard being there and, and just very, a very threatening environment for people coming in and just trying to figure out like what, what's happening. Let me take some pictures very rudimentary stuff. Um, Yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, I, sometimes I, I feel, sometimes I feel Andy, like you delve into this a little deeper than I do. And I, you make connections and, and then in the, you draw lines, and yeah, I I, I see that it is that's a possible. It's a possible pilot. Possible. It, it's hard for me to quickly jump onto decidedly if you're right or you know you made a good connection. I have to sit with it. Maybe a bit. I I think that you're you're onto something, and I always hesitate because I don't want people to start. Thinking we're just already making conclusions that have to be determined with other more substantial facts. But I but I do see what I see around the country in Richmond, Chevron Refinery, poor area, cleanup, but also bulldozing of homes and taking away property. Or maybe bulldozing is not the word because I don't want people to think that's not happening. But just displacing is what I'm saying, displacing people from their homes. Uh, it happens uh, well with like the BP oil spill down by Texas and Florida and all that near Mexico, you know, all that area. And then down in LA recently as well with another oil spill. And there's other toxic releases as well in California. I think there's something, sodium, something I forget, up north. I mean, would these things, I mean, I imagine these things do happen, but at a lower scale in bigger major cities, right? Like Chicago, no, New York, and San Francisco. But would these things happen, like, in bigger cities? So, uh, yeah, I, you're onto something. I, what, what, whatever people's skepticism is, like, there's clearly going to be in any crisis, as we have discussed, people going to take advantage of those crises as we've noted with like with COVID or so I I could see potentially that after this oh everyone we're going to make your healthcare easier we're going to make this easier for you everyone get hooked up online and then get connected because we have to monitor you for the next 10 20 years because there's a lot of effects happening right so I'm 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 on I I'm with you on that that I do feel it this is going to be a setup in a way that like for people to take advantage of a moment of a crisis to to take um more people's data to track people how they're going to live their lives and uh excuse it with some toxic waste some accident that happened oh some virus some some things happening so that's what i I agree with uh. And unfortunately, who are your guinea pigs? Normally, poor people, right? As we discussed with UBI, is it UBI? If I'm saying it right? The yeah, yeah, right. So poor people are are tend to be the guinea pigs for this. And I, I'm just my level of. I, I if you want to say anything to that, Andy, I could just. Uh, and just express my level of just sympathy towards the people that are living there having to move away and i will say if anyone i doubt people will listen to this because our small channel uh, thanks to the algorithms Um i just would say move out it is not safe and people it's not like anywhere else is safe to be away from the chemicals here people i drink water with fluoride in san francisco and other cities you don't have fluoride you know, and people think, well, that's safe. But the level of safety, you know, to that is different. I have, um, Jess, you might know about this, I have an Oasis filter. But I'll discuss that later. Uh, yeah. So
2: I was like, Eduardo, you're not drinking the Florida.
1: <laughs> I'm trying not to. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but I would, I say for, for people who are in those areas, just like with the fires, we had an episode. Do you remember, Andy? I'm going to say, move out leave because that to me palestine at this point is not safe to live in but i see you with your facial expression what is it andy
0: no no say I heard. jessica jessica what would what you have to say of what you've heard so far
2: well i agree with that last point i mean <laughs> obviously easier said than done like i was listening right. to an interview with you know some just some working class guy who's like been saving up and saving up right to get property and you know just bought a new not a new house but to him um you know and now is like fuck like like they have to leave um but I agree with you I mean especially like if you have children um if you have any health issues at all but I mean just in general if I lived in that area I I would 100% get the fuck out like but, yeah, I mean, it brings up these broader questions of like, well, where is safe right, like where's the next one gonna be? where's the next one gonna be? Um, yeah, I mean, it feels feels kind of bleak, um yeah, and i like I do think it's important, and I think we did I think we did this of like you know, when we're analyzing a situation like this, like laying out, okay, here are the things that we know pretty much as fact. And then what's speculation? Um, but it, yeah, it just, it feels to me like I, I I guess I'm sort of more aligned with Andy here in the sense that like, it just seems like there's too many decisions, like informed decisions being made um, for this to just be like, disaster capitalism like oops you know and then like sort of trying to cover up the situation it's just weird there's some weird shit with this um yeah like when you compare it to to previous environmental disasters um which you know not that those aren't important but i think like these sort of conspiratorial Decisions and forces like it's important to to follow them, like as best you can, which is limited.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to say so that people have talked about this uh, thing as like a Chernobyl in that region, right? Um, And and definitely, I I think people in that region. Are going to have to make all sorts of hard choices about what they do now in terms of can they leave can they afford to leave do they and if they can't afford to leave what's the clock on their lifespan that that that's being affected as they are close to ground zero essentially but i think it's really important to remember that because of the way this has been dealt with and because of where this happened and and this becomes even more diabolical if there was an intent to make it happen as opposed to Capitalism just being two bulls in a China shop, and they are knocking into each other, and they don't care who gets knocked over. And every once in a while, because of their bullshit, somebody gets knocked over. If they were, if if this was actually a, a plan, it's just that much more diabolical. It doesn't make capitalism any, it doesn't actually make capitalism worse. It just makes this kind of thing. We have to take, we have to understand much more at a much deeper level how much we are at war with the capitalist class, and how much they are at war with us, because they will turn any part any part of this world can become you can become bakhmut essentially at any time if they want it to be and this isn't but it is important to remember that because of what they've done and because they've produced dioxane in a giant cloud that that dioxane accumulates in biological material because it 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 stays in there for 7 to 11 years not many biological things not many m- not much material does that that has a a biological half life of that of that long and because it stays in the body that long, it accumulates in plants. It accumulates in animals. We eat the plants. We eat the animals. And this is not just in Palestine. This is actually all across the country and anywhere that is actually where, where, where rain comes down, where this gets into the groundwater, where it gets into the plants and animals again. All our food system is now being poisoned at a deeper level. And, diox- and dioxane is extremely toxic with at low levels. And, and it accumulates in your body because it doesn't come out that much. We don't have a way of getting rid of it. So this isn't just hurting people in Palestine. This is hurting kind of everyone who's part of the food cycle. If if you thought food was produced out of the Midwest, which it is, you know, and even, because,
2: even the homesteaders, right, and the intentional community,
0: right, right. You
2: know, and I don't
0: mean to say that 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 to minimize the effect is happening on Palestine, but just to say we are all being brought into their into this world, um, and. And it reminds me, my mom sent us, me a quote uh, from this, he's a Twitter guy, his name is Aldous Huxtable, and he wrote this. And I actually think this is a very fitting way to understand the, the ruling class in our country, in Russia, in China, all of them. And it's, he says, I don't know how any student of Western history cannot look at the endless wars going back centuries and not see the leader, and not see that leaders are not flawed individuals running reckless campaigns, but are crafty-minded psychos intent on keeping the garden of humanity at a specific state of growth. He says, "I am a prof- professional gardener. That's what I do every day. There are plants allowed, and there are plants that get killed. The ladybugs do not fear me, but cucumber beetle, beetles die, aphids die, any moth or caterpillar dead." Sprayed with a bacteria that interrupts their digestive enzymes and they die. If it's in my garden, I do not want it there. And if it's in my garden and I do not want it there, it's going to die. That goes for mice, moles, voles, and rattlesnakes too. Dead, trapped, shot, cats released, whatever it takes. That's my garden. Those are my plants. There is no negotiating. Once people understand that that we are viewed, the populace in general, as I view my garden or one may a herd or an arborist, a tree, anything biological that you must, anything biological that you must exert control over for your favorite outcome, the sooner history and the present makes sense. And to me, that's, that's what I think about when I see what's going on here. Like these fuckers are willing to kill and to make their garden look any way they want. And there's all sorts of indications that this thing has been planned and why not like, we probably are best to understand this as a planned operation. You can still hate the system if you don't think it's planned, but like I get the sense that they are they are moving quickly and trying to do all sorts of experiments with us to see how we respond because they got somewhere they want to take us. And I'm not saying that if somebody didn't believe that, that they were that they're, Oh, you're crazy. You should believe that. I'm just saying that's how I'm, that's my mindset now. Definitely
2: also creates like a fear, you know, very fear based, um, reality for even those of us who may not yet have like inhaled (laughs) the toxic air in this particular thing. Right. And I, I don't know. I struggle with that because I think it's a fine line.
0: I I just say it says that there's only we have no choice but to but to stop these people. That's all it says. You can't run from Palestine and make this happen go away. Like there is no running away from this. You will have to stop these people because they will destroy anything they don't want in their garden.
1: But how?
0: (laughs) Right. I agree. Like I was
1: talking (laughs) driving in trains with other. Kind of forces. (laughs) Yeah, but Uh, go ahead. I mean, I I was going to say that I want people to notice this happened under a Democrat administration, yes, and also 2012 refinery issue and other toxic accidents that happened under the Obama administration. Uh, that's what I pulled up as well, that this is, if I may just read this, this is from Democracy Now!, and this is from Julia Rock, who is an investigative reporter with The Lever, and she was interviewed. And she said that the administration that was supposed to be anti-Trump, the administration that was supposed to be the most environmentally friendly, back to the Paris Accord, back to getting us on track to be at, and against this climate change uh, catastrophe that is upon us. And that is going and meeting with climate scientists and we're putting science back on the, you know, on the agenda. And this has happened under Republican and Democrat administrations. And you clearly stated, Andy, as you said, that FEMA wasn't going to be a part of this help. What does that say? And I ultimately think that people have to realize at some point just like I had come to this conclusion through this journey of what's left, like you, the people in charge are not really going to be there to uphold our, of safety, whether it was what we discussed through this COVID journey or through this environmental crisis, which I, this is the kind of, this is the real environment. Like whether we agree you and I don't, I don't know yet. I still have to figure out, you said you're going to share that as a state scientist about the climate change, uh, his theory and stuff with greenhouse gases. I know we shared in that episode, uh, whether greenhouse gases or not, there's an environmental catastrophe happening, environmental crises, like the runoff of agriculture uh, chemicals, right? or oil being you know used and then exploited, and then refineries being uh, toxic waste as well. And this and also let us not mention war, or let us mention as well. I don't know what you know war causing I imagine all of those animals. And all those areas that are supposedly desolate in Ukraine and in that area in the Eastern Europe, how they will recover, their wildlife will recover from constant bombing of areas. And that is also a part of it. So I uh, and this is the Democrat administration that is pro-war, just like Obama was as well for Syria when he attacked Syria. So it's, it's, it's that that I'm just trying to bring to focus for our, our audience that are on the fence, wherever they're at politically, that I feel as if we have to examine what our stance is when we are aligning ourselves politically with parties. And it's taken me some while to, to, to peel away from at least some of the local politics and progressive politics of SF because i sometimes feel like i want to vote for like the le- the dec- decriminalization of drugs so that we can have centers where people can actually use substances in a safe way like they do in portugal um uh, but anyhow um that is what i feel at this moment it's it's this hypocrisy of the democrats constantly sp- sp- saying oh We believe in science we believe in climate change and we make sure that you know we're on the track to 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 reduce carbon emissions and but this is the kind of thing that i for me in a personal way makes me think that this is this is going to take an effort that is beyond voting at the ballot box you know in your local community organizing with your people and trying to Gather as much force as possible, I think Jess you were saying like how <laughs> you know i I was feeling today not because of this email this this is petty kind of stuff field trip stuff i I feel single doubt that's what's really going on it is that I want to go on this field trip. it's that I feel single doubt for being a little bit too radical at my my nephew's school, but you were saying how, and really, I do think you can interrupt me if you wish both of you because I feel I'm going to another area. You were saying how? just to think that for me not to get overwhelmed about what's happening at the level of the global level. Obviously, I want to do something about it. Yes, I am in solidarity with uh, trying to pronounce not Palestine, the Palestinians. Sorry, the pal- front because we're talking about Palestine, and I'm in solidarity with the Zapatistas, and I'm in solidarity with uh any folks out there trying to create some level of change within their country i think for me it's really getting down to my feeling more, more in tune with my local community and working through that and fighting here little by little if it's taking down administrations <laughs> the school administrations in this case you know, which is what my attempt is. That is what I think the local level of organizing does. It's engaging working class people to find their strength. I was talking to somebody. Cut me off if you need to. I was talking to somebody today who is, uh, I say, preliterate. I don't say illiterate because I still have, because my grandfather learned how to read at 60 years old. And so I always have hope for people who don't know how to read. They can eventually learn how to read. So I was talking to someone pre-literate today, and she was, I found her spirit come alive when we were discussing what she could do for her child, even if it's in her mind limited because she says she doesn't know how to read to her child. I said, you know, you just look through pictures and you make up a story alongside the pictures. You don't have to know how to read just yet. Your child doesn't know any different. And it's something light up within her, you know, because I worked with people like her before. And she said, I didn't think about that. And suddenly she found her power. And so suddenly she wanted to join our parent group, our collective parent group. And she showed up. And I was really proud of her being there. And as she was carrying her baby uh, wrapped on the back, and, you know, I don't mind baby crying. She was doing what she needed to do but she showed up and it just, and if that is what the level, I guess for me is to like find their light within them so that they can see as working class folk, then it's like suddenly we don't have four people in our collective. Now we have 10 and now we have 20. And right now we're working on some things as a group that is amazing that we're obviously some of it's like reading and writing Yes. Other parts of it that I'm working on is, are are what are we doing for our school to make our community hub, to not let these rules continue, and to also make our school as friendly as possible, and then beyond that, what are we doing, in not just so it's from that school to the neighborhood, and I see it as various neighborhoods to suddenly expanding. That's my hope, and then you come across another organizing, and then we merge or we. I don't know. You call two bubbles in one. And then that's what I hope. So in this context with Palestine, I don't know if you were, you were looking at me like funny right now, Andy, whether you were thinking they shouldn't leave. Maybe they should or should not leave. I'm not sure. I think they should. It's too dangerous. But if you are living close by, I think those re- local residents should be together in some way or another to bring light and bring force. As a local level, what can they do about it? Just like you know, the ruling class will take advantage of this crisis to to then do what they're doing now with this IV code or IV scanning. um We then can also take advantage of this crisis, right? To bring light to like, okay, look at these people, and they are working class folk, people, regular people, white folk, like anybody, and these are regular people that could also show what what are you doing this in the face of a crisis like this? I think I'm rambling and talking too much. So I'll stop. There.
2: No, it's good. I feel like it's like a, like a segue almost into the anarchism chat that we're going to have upcoming, because I think like back to, I think like way at the beginning of your comment, Eduardo, about like Democrats and like, there's some people who would probably argue that this type of thing could be remedied or at least prevented in the future through like more regulation. Or like, let's just make the EPR EPA less corrupt, um, you know, stuff like that. And that uh, to me, it's like I'm I'm so far past the point where, like, no, it's all completely captured. Like, there's no redeeming it. The system has to be completely annihilated. And I think, like, if you know, if you're in East Palestine right now, right, you're not getting help. From FEMA, you're not getting help from the government, you're not getting help from, you know, the corporate media, and if you were getting help, you should also probably be worried about why they're there and how they're going to help you, right, I mean, yeah, lots to talk about (laughs) FEMA the past couple years for sure. Um, They don't come in, like, as out of their own goodwill to, like, help working class people, so yeah, I mean I really think it is it's mutual aid. It's your neighbors. It's like the people who you're going to rely on to help you in a situation like that. It's like, you know, hopefully you have somebody, you know, who's willing to let you sleep on their couch, you know, in a on your way out of the area or you have um you know, yeah. people pulling together, right? Um and even like um with trump being there right now you know biden (laughs) biden's nowhere to be seen like uh, even uh, it's just like (laughs) fucking like just show up dude like seriously uh, he want people to fucking vote for you like god talk about like a photo op but Mm -hmm. no he he doesn't and trump's sort of just of course There's no part of me that thinks he's there to help. It's just completely a game, right? But, you know, what did he do? He ordered a bunch of Amazon delivery trucks for supplies, right? Um, Even that stupid fucking idiot of an example, right? Uh, It's more helpful, probably, than any of the institutional crap right especially like on national scale like people need stuff they need clean water They need bottled water to to drink while they're figuring out hopefully how to get the fuck out of there and and figure out what they're gonna do um so it is like it's it's not government that's gonna help you it's not even like the third parties coming in to like test the stuff which you know they all seem to be by the Southern or associated in some way in this case. But anyway, yeah, just to say like mutual aid and basically anarchism is I guess our, our only help or it would be mine in that situation. Yeah.
0: yeah, and no, I mean I think it was just I think the reason I had that look was I don't think staying or fleeing solves the problem, you know, and I, but I I think each individual there, like you're saying, will have to decide what they're going to do. Cause, but, but I think there's a, there's a thing on the left when, for the Palestinians, like uh, uh, a slogan on the left, we are all Palestinians basically saying we are all living in a kind of prison that they are when they're excluded and, and, and penned in by Israelis and things like that. Trying to say that all of us are, Palestinians but I and I think there is actually that's actually true for the working class globally um even if we don't all face the same level of repression we are all in that system of a repression and it all is moving us more and more into that kind of system um but it's also true of these people from Palestine um we are all them because this is this world is not controlled by them and not controlled by us it's controlled by people who mean nothing but harm for people in East Palestine um and I think there was an and I do believe it was intentionally done and even, even the notion I think of the the electronic brakes that are being talked about, ultimately, with the low number of workers that are going to be there, that is going to be used as the basis for AI running our train system, um, because that that is the only thing that could really possibly effectively use, monitor a control a computer controlled brake system. Um, so that will be that that whole thing. Um, and the the other thing that just comes to mind is. Like, if people ever think that when Trudeau and Biden and Macron all get together at the World Economic Forum and talk about the environment and are actually going to do anything about the environment other than destroy it, and and we can't let them say things like global warming and carbon dioxide when Biden intentionally blew up the Nord Stream pipeline and is letting oil go into the into the ocean. And I believe they intentionally blew up this damn thing. In East Palestine, we can at least say they intentionally combusted the vinyl chloride to make it a dioxin bomb. And so these people aren't cannot be allowed to be thought of as people who are going to do anything other than harm the environment to harm us. So the carbon dioxide thing, I don't care what they say about carbon dioxide. We don't, we can't know because all we can know is whatever they say about what is being used to help the environment is a complete lie based on their record now. Um, and as it relates to what do we do, I do think the kinds of things you're talking about, Eduardo, that is the most important for people who listen to this show and like it, that is the most important question to start to to consider. And I'm just going to say right now, I don't know what to do, but I do believe in the the vision that Eduardo is laying out in terms of where you start, because the level of the problems are immense, well beyond the level of organization we have to even address them, but we will have to start with basically trusting ourselves. And it is about not just like you said, the preliterate person finding their power. It is going to be about each of us finding where our power is as, as individuals, but as part of a group. And how do we do that? And where do we do that? I don't know. But that's the, that is the journey that I'm on because I don't believe that this system can like, there's no salvation for this system in terms of as it is currently constituted. It's going to have to be reconstituted, reconstituted by us, and I do agree that this is a good segue to the discussion we're going to have in the next two weeks. Like, and I think we'll, I think we'll get more into this when we talk about what Jessica, your vision of what revolution might mean for you as a anarchist, and same with you, Eduardo. Like, what does that feel like? What do you, What do you think that means? And I, and I know you have questions about people like me, socialists, saying revolution, and it feels like <laughs> control, right? you know and and i agree with you cuz if if revolution is about control then it ain't revolution and that that has been part of our our legacy as as when socialism has come to power even on the ones that i would say are ones that i say oh yeah that was a socialist revolution like in russia and you have to answer the question of well why did it eventually go the way it did i have answers for some of those things but i all i can say is that I do believe that working-class revolution is possible. I don't believe it can be undemocratic. And if it is, it's gone. And I don't mean get to casting a vote. I mean people just literally being able to decide anything they want to about the nature of their life all the time, not waiting for some representative to say, can I do that or can I not do that? That's what I mean by democracy.
1: It uh, it does take work, though, It to... to work with others to do that. Yeah. I I realized the vote was what I was trying to, when I remember being in political campaigns, it was the vote that I was trying to harvest from people when I would do canvassing. Did you do some of that work, Jess?
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot easier than getting people to have like (laughs) long-term organizing relationships.
1: (laughs) Uh, So I remember doing that. And now I'm discussing most of my time is not walking through streets like I remember many, many, many years ago, walking through streets, trying to hand out something and have them vote for this candidate or that. And that was easy, you know, just having people sending pictures like that. Do it like this. No, it, it uh, uh, I have pictures. I'm sure on my timeline on my Facebook that I don't, I'm not on there, uh, right now and not anymore. I'm not sure when I'll be back, but I'm sure if anyone wanted to look, they'll see pictures of like how many, they'll probably say this, like I'm one of those people who harvested ballots, but how many ballots I had to turn in with my with their permission. Mm. Andy was one of those ballots I used to turn in. So <laughs> uh but but I guess what I'm trying to say is like what what moves me is seeing how if I talk to my my comrades, that's how I see it. They're my fellow compañeros, my, my my people that I'm with. I see them and we discuss and turning their anger, their resentment, their into action and saying something like what I said earlier with you all, we're going to show up, we're going to go on this field trip whether you like it or not, because that's what we decided to do. Not because administrators are saying we can or cannot do this. Or if we say we want to take over this classroom i don't know why we have to keep asking and writing up permissions and within these little pieces of active work uh and or i or just you know just just finding the power that we don't have to uh we don't have to resort resort to to some administrator that's powerful in itself because everyone grows up believing that there is hierarchies. Do you know? My principal once asked me, uh, she said, Do you know, I feel like you don't have any respect for how these processes go. And I said, you're right, I don't. <laughs> because the way I the way I think of it is I don't really think that you're in charge. And she said, well, that doesn't seem like we're working together. And I said, I invite you to work with me. I told the principal, I'd always want you to work with me. I hope that you are on you're you're joining us, and she said, "What do you mean, join us?" And I said, "Well, like if we if we went through what in Oakland where they're taking over a school, and we have those black mothers over there occupying the school, I hope that you wouldn't work for the district and be like locking the school against us. I hope that you would sit there and you would, if you are sincere. I don't doubt you have sincere. I don't doubt your sincerity, principal. I don't doubt your genuine desire to be an ally. I don't doubt." You want to do well for the children. I do not doubt your intentions. But as long as you are, and I said this to her, as long as you are an administrator, I'm sorry, but you are confined to what limit you can do and help us. The way you can help us is join us. So I'm not going to ask you all the time. We're going to meet at the playground. I'm not going to ask you if we have permission to meet in the morning or in the afternoon. We're going to meet when we decide and you have to be all right with that. And she just, no, I don't know. I don't know. She lives like this. So I'm not too sure how far out she can see because she is an administrator. I get it, but I don't doubt people's good intentions. I just think that they have to move away from this paradigm that they live in. I'm rambling a lot today, but the point is, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it, it It is going to take more than just the vote for this Democrat that obviously is not helping you and not wanting to give you FEMA. It's going to take, you know, you being with someone else that you're going to have to find their power alongside your power to be able to topple down in our small local level an administrator.
2: No, I think you're right, Eduardo, that like most people have good intentions, but I, I don't think most people have moral courage. Mm. Yeah. And that, I mean, there's a million reasons for that, but it's like, if you're not, you can have the best intentions in the world, but if you're not willing to risk your position of power, which you will most likely lose, you know, if you're going to join, whether it's your group or whatever resistance group. Yeah. And what, like, great. Thanks for your good intentions, you know not worth
1: much yeah 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 i mean you're right i, I like that Just yes. moral
0: courage mm-hmm. did you want to say something andy um no i i think that's a good story to to end on because i think that's the level at which we have to understand things right now it's like that's things are small that the world is big and throwing huge issues at us but we just have to be patient. And, and look at the small things we're doing. And I do think, um, you know, you all, you, we've had that running joke of like, when are you going to join the socialist train? Um, <laughs> you might not have joined the socialist train, but I do believe you've joined the revolutionary train. Anyhow, I mean, I think what was,
1: when you asked the word, when you asked the question, how, Jess, I kind of felt a little bit disillusioned because of this bleak, com, the bleak episode that we have, right? And the last one that we had with Andy about World War Three, and, and I just want to, I don't know. It's sort of what AJ had said. You know, I forget how she put it. but She said something like, you know, I'm a socialist. I'm for the revolution. I'm, this is what I know. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm going. I don't know where... Somehow I'm going to start where, but this is where I'm at, and she, the whole work she's doing at Independent tie something along. Do you remember, uh, Andy? Yeah. We, it was you were there just too as well, right?
2: Oh yeah, I think I know what you're referencing.
1: Well, I guess this bleak, these bleak topics, sort of just motivate me to to just, you know, the, to to not to not. Get overwhelmed to be aware obviously at global events but to also to not get boggled down or to feel like i cannot do something and i'll just work where i'm at but anyhow so so that's what i'm i guess i'm thinking about just where the lucha the
0: the the struggles is is it's here i'm glad we looked into this stuff and i'm glad we got a chance to talk about it and uh we'll uh major edits Andy,
1: Major Ellis. We'll see what you say. All right, here we go. Well, <clears throat> that does it for this week's episode. What's Left is a weekly political podcast last channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests in the episode notes where we found this episode or on our blog at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, Turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on the Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, uh, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And you can find our blog in any of those links in the episode notes where we found this episode. Uh, if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us, contact us through our blog. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host Jessica and Andy. Uh, we'll have Kenny on soon, we expect. And you can always find our social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at Zep on Instagram and at jhomie89 for Jesse's Twitter handle. Thank you for listening. All right, ciao.